We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Good evening, everybody, and welcome. Oh, the the thing went off again. Oh, I'm having some feedback issues here. One second. All right, Ryan, am I good? I think we're good. All right, I had the YouTube on as on this, in a different tab, so I got screwed up. All right, good evening, everybody, and welcome to a obviously technical difficulties, a special Saturday show. We didn't get to do a show on Friday because DraftKings posted the pricing too late. We have a King of the Pitch ticket available tomorrow. So we thought, why not give the people a little bit of content? But first, we might talk about the slate today. Uh, Ryan, how did things go this morning in a kind of wild Premier League slate? Felt like Champs League. Yeah, there's been a lot of goals recently. Um, You know, it went okay. Um, I think... You know, like I cashed my high stake stuff. I, I 3X'd about, I, I won a couple tickets. It was nice because I got crushed midweek. Um, it was nice to get a little back, but frustrating. Um, you know, I don't know. What have you been saying when you win? You're you're still upset that you didn't win more, you know, mo- most of the time. Um, that's how it was. You know, today I feel like I got the core pretty much right and then just sort of missed on second forward and a couple of my other pieces. But you know, I played Gross, Pereira, Brownhill, Trippier, those four for the most part, with another Brighton defender in every lineup, either Dunk or Lamptey. And the ones I didn't have Dunk or Lamptey had Asignon. So pretty much nailed the defenders, four nailed Gross and Pereira. I mean, they were the chalk, but you didn't have to get much else right when you have all those other guys. Um, <clears throat> yeah, I, I forgot to play Cash, I guess, sort of jumping around. But <laughs> I, I, yes, I just, your cash core was kind of the same. I would have played those same six guys that you did in cash. And then, you know, I kind of did make four of those guys, my core for GPPs, but yeah, I don't know. I just, I, I don't know. I didn't get second forward, right. Another one of the frustrating slates, like played some Anthony Gordon. I see him there in your lineup with two points. I played M Dooney. He scored two points, Evan Ferguson. He just, I just have never got him right. You know, I, he scored two points or whatever. Um, I don't know who, who, you know, how did it go for you? 
Um, it went all right. I didn't quite like nail everything down perfectly like I wanted it. Cash games I thought went great. So it was kind of a weird slate, right? We didn't have Eze and Olise. I thought like at least one of them would start. And then I figured, you know, that kind of changed the construction a lot because heading into the slate, I thought it would be tough to pay for Andreas. But it became pretty easy to pay for Andreas after everything changed. So I don't know. I thought Pascal Gross, Andreas, Josh Brownhill, and Trippier, I thought that was kind of like the table stakes for cash games. And those guys were the most popular plays. They kind of just had to figure out the rest of the spots. There were some cheap defenders to play, so I figured I'd end up playing one. And I ended up looking, you know, do I want to play Anthony Gordon or Jao Pedro? But, you know, I make my own, I'm trying to work with my own numbers now. They rated at the same, and Anthony Gordon was in the better matchup. It had a higher implied goal total. They looked about the same, and I saved 2K. So something like that, it would have let me spend up at goalkeeper or at another defender. And I don't know, Jedi Robinson looked pretty good against Burnley in this spot. So I opted to pay down for goalkeeper as I... I don't know, I just feel like I can make use of that money better in cash games. Ryan, you always feel like you can beat people with uh, less salary. I just feel like I can punish people for, you know, maybe spending up at goalkeeper when it doesn't work out for them. And Dubrovka didn't work out. So a lot of slightly fortunate things happened today, but I also thought it was kind of unfortunate for Dean Henderson to finish with negative three and Anthony Gordon to go off at halftime. So, you know, we'll take it. A clean cash. Can't complain. No, it's a good lineup. Uh, the Gordon stuff is unfortunate. I, I started on Pedro, too, even like for high stakes. that That's what I wanted to do. Um, in the end, though, yeah, I, I sort of decided like you, I could use that money and spend up a goalkeeper because I wanted to play Pereira for sure. Um, and then I could get a better flex. Um, but, yeah, none of those. Like, <clears throat> I, I, I thought about playing um, Hinchelwood or Buonanote for 5,900 or 5,800, but it left, it left you in this, it left me at least in like 6,500 range for forward. And there's nobody like there was like two 6k forwards and one was Bobby D Cordova Reed could have went down a little to Moniz, which I considered, but it still left my flex with like 6k or 6,500, depending on what I did. And there's just sort of nothing in that range either. Like I couldn't click, get myself to click, Bruno G who got there again. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I, you know, it was a successful day, but frustrating. Yeah. I got your uh, scorpion kick lineup. It was very similar constructions. You got dunk for Bruggen correlation that worked out great. So that probably helped you cash by a lot. Dunk was only 10%. I thought he might get a little more run because people were going to spend down at least once and dunk takes free kicks sometimes. So that's always nice to see. And then, uh, yeah, I guess it was an awkward salary thing. So if you play Evan Ferguson and Zeki Amduni, you're, you're kind of just like left with, it was tough to spend down and then feel good about what you did in the utility spot, right? Yeah, so like I even, I liked Gordon too. And I was trying to like force a Gordon lineup. So he was 800 more. So where am I going to get that from? I couldn't get it from Amduni because that, or like I didn't, I wasn't going to play anyone in the flex that like couldn't score a goal or like isn't a forward. You know what I mean? That's why I liked him there. So like Carlton Morris, I guess, was the cheapest option. Really, my plans got ruined when Fofana didn't start. I told you yesterday it was Fofana season for for forty three hundred. Came off the bench and scored two goals. Of course, should have just sub played him, man. I I know, right? Um, but yeah. Anyways, it was just frustrating. Um, but like I I guess I was trying to force expensive keeper, which made my options a little different not necessarily force it but actually yeah force it because 
Like, look at our lineup. I, there's no way I'm playing Dean Henderson. We have Brighton players and Gross and multiple, like, for tournaments at least, right? It's a small mm-hmm. slate. And they don't start as a – they don't start Olise. Like, I'm expecting 3 nothing in the first half. So, he, he's ruled out. Not going to play Kaminsky. Um, you know, not with Gordon in our lineup or whoever else. And just, I, you know, I guess you could. I shouldn't say not. But, like, on the smaller slate, I'm trying to get the edge at keeper. Like, to have – you know, yeah, I'm trying to get that 10 point edge maybe on a good, you know, get the only clean sheet. It almost happened, but I think in I small know, that... field tournaments, that makes a ton of sense. So I think we always shout past each other. You're playing these small field tournaments. I'll be playing in cash games and I don't know, both strategies work equally well in in each of the formats, but I definitely see the merits of getting up to Verbruggen. I played a couple, uh, I didn't play Verbruggen, but I played a couple steel lineups, but uh, you know, that's just a, uh, getting used to the new struggles. <laughs> <laughs> I've done that before. Good times. All right. Well, you know, we'll take a good day. And as Luis Pacheco, our friend would say, uh, we should have won more. So, you know, never, never happy playing DFS. So it's great that we keep, keep on doing this to ourselves, but um, let's get into tomorrow's slate. I think it's pretty difficult, Ryan, as far as these things go. And um, yeah, I'm looking forward to breaking it down. We basically have three matches, which are carbon copies of each other, according to the odds, like really similar implied goal tolls across the board. Chelsea at home to Wolves, Manchester United at home to West Ham, and Bournemouth are at home to Nottingham Forest. I mean, the difference in win probability between all these teams is within 5%. So that's really not a significant thing. All the implied goal tolls about the same. Ryan, when you ripped open the slate, what were your first impressions? Well, yeah, that's the first thing that I was going to say is that all three games are the same. That's how I would think of them. Same implied total for the home team, same implied total for the road teams. You know, any any of these teams could win. Any of the home teams could win three nothing. Like it's one of those it's one of those things where you don't have to let the odds influence anything else. It's all the same. Um, The next thing that stuck out to me was it's a tricky slate in that. There's not a lot of obvious spots, um, especially at forward. Um, like for the, for the favorites, for example. Um, and I and then the value is on a couple of the underdogs. So there's it's. I mean, Bruno's going to be like a lock on this slate, just in my opinion. I guess. Uh, I guess we can. I don't think you'll disagree, but maybe because midfield is the strongest position, but there's just not a lot that I feel confident in outside of that. And I think you're going to have the money for whoever you want. If you play some of these cheap underdogs, I don't know. It's um, kind of a play whoever you want slate though, in a way. I feel like it's a ball knowing slate. You kind of want to know a little bit how these games are going to go with like a little bit of feel because they all have the same odds. Right. But I feel like these teams maybe have different personalities in the case of Chelsea, they have very chaotic personalities. So you kind of just want to, you're going to have to play some underdogs. You're going to have to know like, okay, which spot do I want to attack? Like looking at it, I don't really want, I'd more likely to play wolves and Nottingham forest players than West Ham players. Cause West Ham, I think are just more likely to sit back and sort of play like a really, negative game so i think this is kind of good for manchester united players as far as the underdogs i want to look at maybe wolves i've seen chelsea struggle a lot 
And Bournemouth still concede a lot of fantasy points, just a little bit above the average for the league per 90 minutes. So that makes me feel okay about some of these Nottingham Forest pieces as well. I don't know, which underdogs do you like, Ryan, for salary relief? Um, well, part of the reason I like this slate is because I think you can cross some stuff off and just sort of narrow your decisions down. Um, and I agree with you about West Ham, for, for me at least. Yeah, I think I'm least interested in playing West Ham. Um, that lineup that they, they have, the one they played midweek, I mean, they can't really do anything with that lineup. Um, like, they're not really going to have any floor points, I, I don't think. Uh, they could score on counters. I mean, that's going to be their plan. It's sort of been their plan all season. Like, maybe Kudus or Bowen. But, like, JWP, for example, like feels like the worst play on the slate to me. Um, I'm not sure. He probably won't get ownership, but he he was 78% like, or something in the midweek slate on a slate where there was a ton of midfield options, like six great midfielders or something like that. And he was the highest. Um, and yeah, of course I faded and he, you know, he was busting and got a bailout penalty, but yeah, it feels like the only way he can get there these days, especially with this lineup is with a penalty kick or an assist. I mean, I don't know. Like, yeah. So that was a long way of saying, I don't really have interest in playing the West Ham guys, uh, wolves heartbreaker midweek against United. That was an amazing game. Neto's equalizer. That's too bad. It des- they deserve they deserve something out of that game. Um, but yeah, I don't know. It's there. It's tough to play. Like I would want to play Neto, but with Sarabia back in, worried about set pieces there. Sarabia took the penalty when he came on. Took a corner also. I don't know why, but I guess kind of breaking down midfield. <laughs> um, Nottingham Forest. Yeah. Uh, Depending on the lineup, could have some interest here. Nuno Tavares is 3,100. Probably going to take a few corners. Uh, Danilo took corners at, for 3,300, but I, I don't think that's going to be sticky. It wasn't the first time, though. I remember him taking one or two in another recent game, even though I can't see it on, it, on our numbers. But uh, that's a formation thing, too, where... I don't want to play Danilo if he's like for sure going to be a defensive midfielder. But when he starts uh, and Mangala and Yates also start, then yeah, um, he's good. I've seen him linked with some big clubs recently. 3,300, that could be value. But yeah, I don't think so. That's probably not not if he's going to play in that defensive role. But then you're going to have Morgan Gibbs-White for 6,800. You can't expect more than half the sets. Don't be surprised if he doesn't take many. I wish you. I wish they would have priced him higher, uh, because I don't think he's that great of a play, to be honest. And people would try to play him if he was eight K, and I wouldn't. Now it's one of those things where he's sixty eight hundred, and you know, because forward's not great, it just kind of makes him an okay play. That's that's the sort of unfortunate because I don't really you know I don't didn't really want to play him but he's kind of cheap. I don't know, Jack. That was a lot of rambling. What do you think? Oh, I thought it was good stuff. I mean, I I, I noticed Morgan Gibbs White. I was like, oh man, sixty eight hundred. Like that's kind of cheap. And then I'm like, well, let's take most of the set pieces. And then I look at things and it's like, will he? 
he's kind of in a limbo territory for me. I think, you know, any numbers, you know, he kind of looks good. I mean, we know what he can do from the floor. We know he takes penalties, right? That's still the case that Morgan Gibbs White he doesn't. You're shaking no, your head. No, no, no. I, 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 I have to check on that because I feel I've like seen him take penalties. Um, yeah, no, he definitely. But Taiwo had been out, and I'm not sure. I remember him taking one as well. I think it's Gibbs White. I'm just not positive. I feel like he may have taken some with like, yeah, well, it's only one on the season. All right. So no complaints if Taiwo takes one, but like, it, it's just a frustrating, it's a frustrating situation because you can see so clearly where it goes wrong. You can also see where it goes right. And it's only 6,800. I think the thing for me on Morgan Gibbs White, and we'll talk about forward is just like, no one really stands out at the forward position. Like there's some players in tournaments that look somewhat appealing. You're going to need to save a little bit of salary somewhere. I don't know. It just feels like, Morgan Gibbs White on a road trip to Bournemouth, who you can't attack against. You might just have to eat it in cash, and then just hopefully, you, if you want to fade him in tournaments, you're going to have to look to goal scorers. But why don't we just dig into the forward position a little bit, Ryan? So I'll scroll down in our sheets. I will filter by forward. It looks like Bournemouth prices are still coming in. DraftKings posted the slate a little bit late today. But um, I guess what are the names that looked interesting at forward? I mean, you have really good goal scoring odds on Dominic Solanke. And like players like Rashford and Garnacho always look decent in these spots. They're guys who kind of have odds to shoot a lot, but no one who really has a consistent floor. Like I don't really want to roll out $8,800 Dom Solanke because he's, you know, 55% to score a goal per DraftKings odds, which always seem a little bit juiced. So I don't know, I look at all these forwards. I'm like, I guess I'd play them, but I kind of want to spend up at some of my midfield spots. Cause I see that where that's the value. You see, you got have guys like Nkunku here at 7,800. Will he start for Chelsea? Will he take set pieces? How many minutes will he play? That's another volatile spot. It, I don't really feel good about any of these things. And I scroll down. I'm like, why don't I just load up on midfielders who I know have good roles? Why don't I just play like Morgan Gibbs White and maybe someone else who's kind of cheap? You can also spend up if you want to, you know, use a value option at midfield as well, which seems reasonable because forward's bad. I think that's a good strategy as well. I don't know. No, I'm the one rambling, Ryan. <laughs> Who stands up um, thinking about cash? Yeah, for, well, just for cash, yeah, I think you just have to play Gibbs White because because no one stands out, really, like you said. Just none of the expensive guys are, cat, are, are like – good cash plays in a vacuum, I guess I would say. So yeah, I would, I would play Gibbs white for sure. Like you mentioned, Solanke, he's probably the best just because of his goal scoring odds, but also because he plays 90 minutes. And so many of these guys aren't going to play 90 minutes. Like, like Chelsea have just so many players now in Jackson's back. None of like, you can't, you can't count on minutes for any of the Chelsea players. Same with the Bournemouth players other than Solanke. United, you know, Rashford is going to get subbed. Yeah, like Gibbs White by default almost. I'm not saying he's a bad play. Like 6800 is a pretty good price. After that, though, I don't know. Um, I guess there's no one that I'd necessarily prioritize. I'd prioritize other parts of my lineup first i think yeah and then you'll just Nkunku, see you know Nkunku, Nkunku, you might just have to click uh, you know i'm i would maybe just have to click i wouldn't be excited about it but i feel like he'd be pretty popular because 
you know, you could have seen him being 9K just for whatever reason. 7,800 is affordable, but he's not going to play more than 70 minutes, in my opinion. Like, 75 minutes is his ceiling, in my opinion. But, yeah, like you said, he might take sets. He's got goal and assist upside. So I'd be fine with him, Kunku. Yeah, as I'm looking at my crystal ball, trying to think, you know, what am I going to go with here in cash in my main lineup? I, I feel like the most likely things are I just, you know, eat it with Morgan Gibbs White. If you see me spend up, it'll probably just be Solanke. I'll just take the 90-minute guy who has, I think he takes penalties for Bournemouth. He has good goal scoring odds. It just feels like at least you're giving yourself upside outs in that case, which feels fine. And it's not like you're fading set piece takers. So hopefully the floor won't be so behind. And then there's a few different forward options. Maybe some people play Garnacho, maybe some of play Rashford. So in terms of doubles ups, I don't think I'm like fading a big chalky piece at the second forward. So it just seems like a fine play um, just for like, it's kind of like capitulation though. I don't really feel good about it. You have Nkunku. I mean, you could see him come off at 55 minutes. It, it, that would be extremely frustrating. And then you might be stuck and that feels bad as well. You're spending 7,800 in that case. So I don't know. That's you might. I think I feel like I have to see it first from Nkunku. Okay, I know what he can do, right? But I have to see him play more than 60 minutes before I feel good about that. But with yeah. few options, you can do it, right? No, Solanke might be a better play. I mean, Ryan, what about just playing like Anthony Alanga or Ty Waiwoni? Like you could spend down, well, spend down twice a bit at the forward position. A construction like that might allow you to play two slightly expensive defenders. Maybe that construction allows you to play two expensive midfielders and then someone like Alex yeah. Scott, who's in the mid six Ks. I could see merit to that as well. Seems fine to me because uh, you're not really, there's no opportunity cost. You're not really fading anything. So <clears throat> yeah, I think that's fine. I think we could see Koivert start. I think you, then you could consider him as well. I wouldn't be surprised if Koivert started in, at central attacking mid, but yeah, those forest guys do week. Yeah, Scott started there midweek. I could see Cloyvert back there. Yeah, it makes it fun for tournaments because you can kind of just, you know, roll your second forward around a little bit based on other pieces that you like in your lineup. But, you know, if I'm hand-building lineups, right, I'm probably just filling second forward last and every single time hoping that's something I like so I don't have to redo the lineups. Um, it's tough out there, but it's probably going to be the most important spot overall. Right. All right. Um, I don't know. Do you got anything else more forward? I mean, we mentioned everyone. There's plenty of reasonable options. I don't think anyone's going to be. I mean, I think it's mean. worth if it, I, I should mention should mention Garnacho by name. Actually, um, he actually probably does have a, somewhat of a floor on this slate. I mean, you you can't ignore the minutes in, in his game log, um, and he just has a higher floor than any of their other forwards from, from what he does in open play. Um, I really liked when he was playing on the left, when there was no Rashford, I think I saw him. I don't know. I know they were like switching around, but he was back. He was on the right with Rashford back on the left, the other hand or the the other game. Not really sure uh, if that affects, I don't know. I, I, I liked him a lot on the left. In general, I just like Garnacho. I think he's a great player and has a good floor and he has upside. So I don't think he's that bad of a play. I mean, you know, United, um, 
there should be floor points in this spot for United. There should be some goals in this spot for United. And yeah, he's he's been playing more minutes. It's been a little bit frustrating when I watch Manchester United because with Marcus Rashford back in the lineup and he scored a goal recently, he doesn't look like a complete uh, husk of himself last year. I feel like the ball has been going down his wing a little bit more and he's been the one shooting a little bit more. And is Garnacho right-footed, Ryan? He is. So if he's playing on the left, he's not exactly crossing too much. He kind of has to be able to cut inside and take some shots. That's what one thing I've noticed, as long as I have yeah. my right and left correct. It, it's a struggle with Garnacho, and I'll let you get in. But I think you're right about his floor. In his last 10 matches, he's averaging nine floor points, which is probably better among the forward position this spot. So he does have a good floor. You are paying for it at 8,300. I'm just a little bit worried, but go ahead, Ryan. Um, yeah, no, I actually just w- w- with him and some him specifically, I, I like him better on the left, actually, um, because he's going to score more goals. I think uh, just cut cutting in onto his right foot, and I think he's so quick that he's going to get off crosses no matter what. Um, you know, even if it's with his left foot. Even they might not be as good of crosses, but they still count the same. <laughs> Anyways, um, for goal upside, you you want those guys on the left. Yeah, I think those are fair points. I don't know. I'm talking myself into one of Garnacho or Rashford a little bit more because if it goes down one of those sides predominantly, you figure there's a good chance that one of them has a pretty good floor game on shots, and then on top of that, if one of them scores or assists, it might be a pretty pretty big haul that you'll need at the forward position and it quite easily it won't take much to stand out from the forward position unless we have a slate like today where there's like 20 goals um so good point there about garnacho ryan i think that was uh i think that was good to make thank you you're welcome (laughs) (laughs) being kind to each other today all right let's get into midfield um, Ryan, I agree with you. You said Bruno feels like a lock in this spot. I mean, to a West Ham team that concede a lot of points and soak up, they they allow a lot of possession. So they're soaking up possession, I guess. Depends how you think of that. It just feels like a great spot for Bruno. He took all of the corners. Maybe Luke Shaw takes half. I don't really care. I feel like he's going to be really valuable from open play. You know, if he's passing to Rashford or if he's passing to Garnacho, he's the one who gets those shots assisted. So really feels like a can't miss spot for him but he could fail a little bit. We don't really know. But for cash, I think you just slot in Bruno. And then there's some interesting options who are a bit more expensive. I mean, Cole Palmer still takes at least half of the set pieces, but the price feels a little bit rich. And with Nkuku going in and Ben Chilwell is back in the lineup, I just don't feel as good about that role. And I don't know, Chelsea can be a little bit more spread out. You've already talked about James Ward-Prowse. This doesn't really feel like the slate to play him, especially in cash. Some other names worth considering. I really like Marcus Tavernier in my second spot. I mean, he's got a great floor, should contribute a little bit on set pieces, but I don't really think he needs set pieces that much, even if it's just half with Alex Scott in the lineup. I feel pretty good about Marcus Tavernier in this spot. Maybe you're spending up twice at midfield. That's at least my first inclination. What did you think when you were filling things out, Ryan? Yeah, I think pretty much the same as you. Um Bruno's clearly a must for cash games um, because there's other good midfielders on this slate. You could fade him in tournaments. You know, there's still plenty of outcomes where he just scores like 11 or 12 points. Um, 
but he's in the best spot. I think, yeah, like we've said, United are in a good spot for floor points here, home against West Ham. Uh, after that, yeah, Palmer, it's he's the one you feel best about with Chelsea just because he he plays the most minutes and takes penalties. But outside of that, yeah, I, I hear you in that Chelsea are spread out from where, like, the other floor points come from and just, like, their range of outcomes and whether they play well or not and create chances or not. And it's not, like, w- Wolves have been good. It's not, it's not like a cakewalk matchup for Chelsea either. Um, but I like Palmer. Like, I think he's the second best. I would like to play Bruno and Palmer. I also like Tav, though, I, Tavernier, um, even without sets. If you get 90 minutes out of him, yeah, it's just a, a really good matchup. Um, and then Neto. Neto's there as well. I don't think anybody's going to play Neto, really. Actually, I don't know. Do you think people play Neto? I don't really know. Um, that's what I was going to ask you, because I'm kind of staring at Pedro Neto as a potential pivot in tournaments. I mean... Chelsea have been awfully inconsistent this season. Pedro Neto had a fantastic, he played a full 90 minutes just on Thursday, I think. So maybe that's a reason to worry. Maybe, you know, he comes off a little bit early. He's a player with an injury history, not super young anymore. But I mean, man, he, he's, he absolutely smashed, especially in the second half against United after a frustrating first half. It, it seems like an interesting an interesting pivot off of these guys. I just don't know if people are going to play them, but I feel like people are going to gravitate towards the favorites, and there are three really good midfield favorites to play in Palmer, Tavernier, and Bruno. So somehow if Neto is popular, uh, the field is a little bit more galaxy brains than I, <laughs> I imagine just in that sense. I think there's cheaper players to play on underdogs that right. might get a little bit more attention. Yeah, you've said it said pretty much what I was thinking. Um, if he wasn't going to be popular, I would, I would like him, but you kind of feel like he just sort of might be a little bit just, like, it's a three game slate and like he's Pedro net. Like, how can you not love Pedro Neto too? Like he's got a lot of similarities to Michael Olise, both fantasy wise and just the way they play. Like people see his game logs and his average fantasy points. So, like, yeah, I, maybe he won't be as low-owned as I'd hope to, to, for me to want to play him, I guess is what I'm saying. But then, like, there's, other, there's scenarios where you think, like, you know, the lobby, like, keeps getting sharper, and they should, you know, that realize that he's not, maybe not as good of a play as these other guys and should be lower-owned. So I guess there's both sides of it. But, yeah, there's, there's, there's cheaper guys um, that you might be better off with. Yeah, I think Net Pedro Neto kind of falls into this category of if you look at his game logs, you might be like, yeah, well, they're pretty pretty good floor. You look at his floor per 90 on the cheat sheet, I think it's somewhere around like 13. And you're like, oh, but he's playing Chelsea. But Wolves are also always underdogs. So you kind of feel like Neto can get there in a lot of game scripts and then, you know, 10 floor points and a goal. Now you're cooking. It is a three-game slate, though, so it's not like you're going to get like an 8% Neto. Maybe it's like 16 or something like that. I don't know. It's tough to know what's good or bad in a smaller slate. Actually, I mean, the maybe- first ever high-stakes GPP I ever won was with Pedro Neto against Chelsea, and he was like 
or something and yes yeah, scored against them at the bridge so this must have been in like 20 2020 so th three years ago or so so yeah good memories of neto at the bridge he can do it well let's run it back then that's obviously maybe yeah, <laughs> maybe <laughs> that's obviously the move I think if people choose to play a Wolves midfielder, um, if Pablo Sarabia starts, Sarabia, I can't believe I do the Sarabia thing unironically now. Um, 6,600, he's 1,500 cheaper. I think that just makes it a little bit, puts a little bit less stress on your lineup because if you imagine maybe jamming three expensive midfielders, so I don't know, just going through reasonable constructions, I think you can play lineups that are like Bruno Tavernier and um, Sarabia. Maybe you could try to jam three stud midfielders in. I don't know if that gets a little too thin. You might be a little bit too punty at forward, especially at tournaments. But I feel like Sarabia's presence, Sarabia, I feel like that might also dilute Pedro Neto a bit. Because maybe people say, why play Pedro Neto when I can play Pablo Sarabia for 1500 less? Yeah. No, yeah, I think you're right. He came on and took the penalty. Uh, also took corner so i feel like he at least had well he has priority on pens and probably at least half the sets um and yeah a little bit worried about neto going 90 minutes after also starting in the cup i believe uh the week before um so yeah i like sarabia i think you could use him in any format i, I guess um probably get subbed but He's cheaper than the other guys. Well, the other option that price range will also probably get subbed. You got Alex Scott at 6,300. Mm. Um, when I've been talking to you, you've been pretty enthusiastic about the Scott role, taking half the set pieces, playing a slightly more forward role. But I think we got a stark reminder of how it goes wrong for Alex Scott. You know, he just doesn't get those set pieces. He's not, he doesn't get the floor and he's subbed off at 63 minutes because you know, Bournemouth are one of these teams that just have a lot of attacking midfielders, a lot of attacking wingers that they're going to be cycling through. Would you rather play Alex Scott or Pablo Sarabia? Probably Scott mm. because he's a favorite, but it might be a little yeah, bit. Yeah, it's such a tough game. call. So I was, yeah, I, I, I was thinking about this because you're right. There's like pretty much no world where he plays longer than 70 minutes. If he starts in an attacking role, Bournemouth just have way too many guys now and they're all healthy um and he's also like dealt with some injuries and but in general yeah i i really like him he he looks really promising he, ha he has upside too and been taking the set pieces i mean yeah he i watched that game and that it seemed about as bad as he could do and he still had you know seven crosses and took four corners and you know, it, yeah, I don't know. I would have to click Scott, I think, still. Like, yeah, there's a lot of risk there, but, like, 60 minutes of splitting sets as a home favorite with, like, goal and assist upside, I don't know. Like, yeah, you, you don't feel good about it. I wouldn't feel good about it. Like, yeah, I don't know. I don't expect – like, the, he, he'll get subbed at 65 again for sure. So it's it's worrying. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, every time I project minutes, it goes horribly wrong in whatever direction I'm being cautious or aggressive in. But it really does feel like you would run good if he plays more than 70 minutes in this spot. And you're spending 6300 for a guy 
opportunity cost is pretty huge at the midfield position. So, I mean, it means that maybe you could have just punted or something, and then you're a little bit weak at forward. You're playing Alanga for no reason, just so that you could have played Alex Scott when maybe you could have just played, you know, a Danilo Pereira when he had a more attacking yeah. role or something like that. And, you know, not that this really matters, but just watching the game, he looked a bit tired in the second half. Like, I was watching him specifically because me and you were talking about him that morning and it was a fight with a million midfielders. And, yeah, he's 20 years old, had a few, like, a few sort of significant injuries already. So I feel like they're going to be careful with him anyways. But, I mean, he's just... He's got goals and assists in him and splitting set pieces. So, like, as a favorite, I still think it's a fine cash game play. Yeah, I think so. I think you'll see it, and it just, I don't know, there's a lot of spots with volatility. You're going to have to kind of pick your poison at some point. Hopefully, so. Cloybert starts and you just don't even have to worry about it. Yeah, that would be, well, especially from just feeling a forward point of view. You could feel good about just playing a, you know, a favored forward for 5,300 and then just being yeah. strong at the other spots. Yeah. You mentioned uh, being on the lookout for uh, Danilo if um, he's in a little bit more of a forward role. Anyone else strike you as a spend-down option? I mean, I don't know, maybe Casemiro, if you build 20 lineups, maybe I'd put him in a couple because he can always score. Lewis Cook seems a bit too rich at 5K. It seems like there's been a little bit of flop leg on his price. Now he doesn't take as many set pieces anymore, so that really doesn't excite me. I I don't know, just a lot of ho-hum punt plays. Yeah, starting with Forrest, I, I'm worried about Danilo, actually, the more I, like, I'm just worried about him. I don't think he's going to be used as an attacker. They got Gio Reyna now, right? Uh, they do, I yeah. think he might. I think he might be on the bench. I'll have to look for that, but he's on the bench. He's coming on, like, I, I would think. Uh, you know, Alanga, Hudson-Odoi, Dominguez, uh, Taiwo is back. Like, yeah, it would I don't think Danilo is going to be playing attacking is, is what I'm getting at. Um, but he still pro- he probably starts and plays 90 minutes. I mean, it's, it can't be that bad for 3,300. I've seen him score goals from outside the box. Um, but, yeah, what did you say? Any, any other guy, any other cheap guys that I'm looking at? Mm. Can I tell you one that I'm like – Are you going to say don't, – Don't yell at me, but go ahead. Guess are you going to say Kobe Mayno? No, no, no. I don't think Kobe is going to play here. Okay, okay. All right. So it's an underdog play, but it's sadly relief. It's a player who's like crept up oddly in goal scoring odds lately. And it's Mario Lamina. Cheat Sheet said he's averaging six floor points per 90 minutes at 4,100. He's been getting a little bit in the box randomly, too. I, I'm not as. Uh, I don't know. I, I don't really feel like I have a perfect knowledge of his role, but the output has certainly been there. Maybe he's run a little hot on goals, but betting markets have boosted his goal scoring odds up. I mean, I don't know how efficient those are. You can't ne- you can't necessarily bet, you know, no Mario Lamino goals on DraftKings. So I don't know how much to trust them, but um, I don't know. I would be fine with punting with him. And uh, if I needed the money and it made sense in my lineup, I don't know. Am I nuts, Ryan, or am I just uh, getting lost in the narrative of a good recent performances? Oh, uh, no, no, I don't think you're nuts. Um, probably like a little bit, probably a little bit sharp, actually, now that I'm thinking about it. There, two things, there's, we've just been over it a million times. There's not a lot of guys on this slate that play 90 minutes. He's one that does. Uh, also, just look, he's taken, what, like 28 shots in 19 games or whatever. Um, 
I would expect that to continue because you think you think of these like center defensive mids. Well, the ones that play on teams that use three center backs or teams that use five at the back, this this is what they do. Especially Lamina, he gets forward more than if it's Jao Gomez or or even equally. But they just have a little license to do that with three center backs back there rather than teams that you know, use it back four. So yeah, like playing 90 minutes, the floor seems decent. And yeah, he, the shot numbers are there. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe it'll work out for once, but I feel like this is like a player that once I start clicking him, he like starts getting uh red cards all of a sudden, but. Oh well, yeah, that's, that's, that's there too. <laughs> I shouldn't succumb to those um, cognitive biases. It, it, I don't know. It was just a, I'm glad that, it's not completely a nuts idea. So not a cash move, but if you need the Sally relief and you have a couple wolves players, no, why not? Um, anyone else at midfield, Ryan? Um, like not for cash. Um, I've seen that Chukwameka might start for Chelsea. If if Nkunku doesn't start, I think it would be Chukwameka. Um, but that's like for tournaments. Kobe, Kobe Mayno. I mean, that was a sweet goal to win it. 4,200. I don't know. Like, I wouldn't do it. But he scored. He also scored in the FA Cup the other week, too. I mean, there's not a lot of cheap spots. Like, he could luck into an assist. Yeah, he doesn't really seem like the most DFS-friendly play. I think in his like no, first start no. in some FA Cup match, I'm like, oh, Kobe Manu, some central fit midfielder for England. I thought he'd be an attacking player, and he gets like three, four points. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know. I think it's justifiable, just mostly in large field things. And you know, like I you probably like just ahead. you probably won't see him in any of my lineups. That's how I should uh, close it off with. <laughs> Yeah, I was about to say, like, I wouldn't make 20 Lions like, and be like, Kobe Mainu is going to be the guy that makes this right. whole thing work. You know, just use him sparingly, and it might not be the worst thing ever. <laughs> right. Like, if I had a perfect lineup that leaves 4,200, just, like, perfect, maybe you'd see him in, like, 2 of 20 of my lineups, you know? Yeah. Well, you'd be playing Mario Lamina. Come on. Oh, yeah, right. I, I don't. Same price. Yeah, so there you go. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Uh, All right, let's get into Defender. I I think the thing that struck me at Defender right away, Ben Chilwell is back for Chelsea. He's basically, I don't know, I think there's a good chance he only plays like 65, 70 minutes. 
But if he starts, he's 4,700. And he should take some corners while he's on the pitch. He should cross while he's on the pitch. And Chelsea are favorites. I kind of just clicked him right away. I knew I would need some salary relief. And 4,700 just kind of feels like a good deal, even with all the doubts. Ryan, did you end up doing the same thing with Chilwell? I don't love it. I don't love it. Um, yeah, I did. Um, but I'm open to to changing to or to I'm open. I'm open to not playing. I don't know. Like I worry about the minutes a lot. I'll I will take a look at their bench. It looks like what Cole Will's out. Um, but yeah, I mean he's he was out forever. He started and played 45 minutes against Liverpool. Yeah, I don't know. I guess there's a chance, though. Like, if for 4,700, if he just happened to play 90, which he could, um, then, yeah, he he's probably your first – he would be your first defender in. So, I yeah, makes sense. I just think there's enough fragility there in tournaments. I think he has, like, a, I saw a game log 65 minutes in an FA Cup match. They play Aston Villa oh, recently. yeah, yeah. Um, you know, that's not bad, but there's some fixture congestion – I don't know how young he is anymore, but they probably don't want to push it too much on giving him a ton of minutes right away. I mean, I don't know. Maybe even people seeing what happened to Michael Olise today, that might even like spook Mauricio Pochettino. But I wouldn't I wouldn't take that advice to the bank. I don't know. It just feels Wait, like there's did he a lot get injured? Of... Olise? Yeah. He played nine. He played like 11 minutes, and he was subbed at like the 57th minute mark. It was sort of like oh, a KDB I missed situation. That. I missed that. I missed the games today. That's part. I, 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 had, I, I haven't caught up on the games yet. Oh, I left. I, I I finished lineups and went immediately to take my son to this like big train exhibit with all these like you know model trains at the domes. You know that you know the domes. Oh in yeah, Milwaukee. yeah, the domes in downtown Milwaukee. Yeah, and he, he's awesome. just obs- obsessed with trains. So I just finished lineups, hopped in the car. So yeah, I I, I missed that with Elise. But anyway. Yeah, he came off injured and probably, you know, it, it felt similar to KDB getting hurt right away. Man, like, why are you bringing him back so? Why quick? are you and why are you bringing him on like down three nothing or whatever? But I, I guess, mean, that's what yeah. the that's what the announcers were asking on the program, and uh, I don't know. I think the Crystal Palace pan the Crystal Palace fans are rightfully a bit annoyed about what's going on with their club right now, but. Uh, I don't know. Well, I'm talking to the mayor of Crystal Palace right here, so uh, (laughs) (laughs) I'm sure you miss Crystal Palace. (laughs) Good times, good times. I, I going back to Chilwell. I think there is some fragility. He's going to be chalk in tournaments, and you know sometimes you just click the defender chalk and you don't think about it. But this is stuff that could go wrong, and I think there's other names that you could click reasonably, like in tournaments if you wanted to pivot to Luke Shaw. That might be okay. You know, he might he might not take set pieces, but he might split corners randomly with Bruno. It doesn't seem like that's really consistent, but he has a little bit of upside there. You could play uh, Malo Gusto on Chelsea as well for 500 more. I don't know if he's going to play 90 minutes necessarily, and I feel like every time I play him and then I watch, he's about to get a red card with a cynical foul. But there are options. I mean, Yoga Dalo wouldn't be a horrible tournament play either if he's playing on the left and getting shots. Um. But yeah, it's not a really strong defender position, Ryan. I think it would be justifiable. Maybe if I didn't play Ben Chilwell, I can just say, give me like a $3,100 Ryan Knight Noree or a 3000 Milos Kirkas if he starts, and then just try to spend a little bit in my lineup and 
maybe defender just sucks this week and you just need the forwards and you need the salary elsewhere. Yeah. Um, Gusto's a walking yellow card for sure. Um, but yeah, he does have those games where he gets forward and starts where he, where he gets forward and crosses a lot. I, you know, yeah, I don't love any of these defenders. Like I, I try to make expensive defender work when I can, but it's a good spot for the United guys, but they don't have great floors. Shaw, I mean, is Shaw ever going to score double-digit fantasy points again? I think I was asking you guys that. Like, it's just, it's unbelievable. Even when he has set pieces, he fails. He's another walking yellow card. Um, but, but yeah, you know. There's also the thing where, because you know, because the defenders aren't great, if you happen to hit the one that hits the ceiling, it's really going to help you. And, you know, those guys have assist upside. Gusto, Dallow, Shaw, Chilwell. But, yeah, I don't love them. So, anyways, yeah, if Ryan Aitnery started and Nuno Tavares started, I'm just playing them. Like, almost certainly. Um, as long as, like, I find uh, – you can find, yeah, you'll be able to find somewhere to spend the money, I think. Um yeah, I don't know. Maybe I'll convince. Maybe like Chilwell's only you know sixteen hundred more. Chilwell is cheap at forty seven hundred, so I get it. But he worries me. He really he worries me, Chilwell. Yeah, I feel like just because there will be set pieces in it for Chilwell, you know, I'll just eat the sixteen hundred. I think I. I can mean, are you work. sure? Are you sure? I guess I shouldn't be when you put it that way. I mean. We could imagine. I mean, for uh, one, this know. is Chelsea, and like yeah. if Nkunku starts, what if he takes on that side? They want in swingers, so Nkunku's going to take from Chilwell's side, and Cole Palmer's going to go take from the other side. But then, um, yeah, then there's the other scenario where where Chilwell takes like seven corners, you know, and you're kicking yourself if you don't play him. So, well, and let's just think about the trade offs, right? Like. Uh, you know, seems reasonable. Chilwell at 60, you know, let's say Chilwell does split set pieces and plays for 65 minutes. Maybe you're looking at around eight points. That seems like what I would expect from a player with that type of role. If he doesn't smash right away, which, you know, that can always happen. Or you can spend down and then instead of playing a second cheap forward with Morgan Gibbs White, now you're playing a Garnacho or now you're playing a Solanke instead. Feels like you're picking up outs, you know, as long as Chilwell doesn't absolutely smash, you know, maybe a Nuno Taveras, he has smaller, but he has, you know, some type of, maybe he can keep up a little bit, not fall too behind Ben Chilwell. It does feel like if Chilwell fails, you're really playing from behind in a lot of ways, depending on the other decisions you made at your lineup. So I don't know, the more I talk to you about it, the more fragile I feel, but I also feel like I could really be overthinking if you just look at it right away, 4,700 Ben Chilwell does kind of just feel, it feels gross to fade him, but I hope I'm not overthinking it, I guess, is what I'm trying to say. Yeah, I don't think you're overthinking it. Um, I don't know. I think it's just one that you can go either way on. Yeah. I mean, there's plenty of other cheap fullbacks you could choose from. Um, Milos Kirkez, 3K. It's not like he has a huge floor for Bournemouth, but like, it's a good know, maybe. Spot. I don't want this to be famous last words here, but I just worry that those smash spots are fewer and are just not there for Chilwell 
you know, in a back four and not there like they used to be is what I should say. Uh, and then last year at times, and I'm just not sure. Like, I feel like Chilwell is becoming more like Luke Shaw. Um, but, you know, I don't know. I don't want to, you know, I hope I didn't jinx it, but that's just sort of what it feels like. Well, it feels like maybe it's a situation where we're reacting very slowly historically, right? Like Chelsea have had a lot of managers, and when Chilwell's been there, it's normally he's been deployed as like an atta- very attacking fullback, like, Sometimes he's played as a winger, and that's burned into our memory. I mean, we haven't seen too much of him under this new regime, but if it is a back four, maybe we just start... Maybe there's a little bit of a benefit to updating your priors on, you know, a Ben Chilwell and thinking 47, maybe closer to fair than, like, underpriced. This isn't, like, the same player who was used to be priced at 7K, and we'd say that he's the first name in our lineup, like, a year and a half ago. Right. So maybe there's a small edge to just trying to be in front of it. If you pay for it, oh well, but I don't know. At least you made a stand. I hope I'm not wrong, but yeah, yeah. <laughs> because if it's if it's 10 point floor chill well, then you want to play him in every lineup. So, I mean, it's it's a fine line, you know? Yeah, I think a 2019 Ryan Belongi is like screaming at you right now. It's a for fine line. Play. It is a fine line, yep. It's like that interstellar meme. Like but I, I can just close it off with, I've said it on this podcast so many times, so you you can apply it here if you want. All I do is get Chelsea wrong. All I do is get Chelsea wrong. Like, you know, anytime I think starting to figure it out, just goes the opposite. So let's just see what happens. Well, maybe it'll go right. Or maybe you can do the George Costanza and just build 20 lineups and then build 20 more after that and just <laughs> <laughs> fade whatever Chelsea stand you make. That sounds profitable. Um, I, I think that about describes that defender. There's plenty of cheap plays that you can go to if you don't really believe in these expensive options, but um, I think we can just leave it at that. We'll go to goalkeeper. And uh, this is especially uninteresting this week because we it's basically like there's six goalkeepers, but there's like two goalkeepers because the home favorites are all the same and the away underdogs are roughly all the same. The pricing reflects that everyone's about within $100. So um, I guess the question is, up or down? Do you want to play one of these? Yeah, I mean, I, you're probably not going to be too surprised by this, but I'm leaning towards spending up. <laughs> um, I just think when it goes your way, there's an easier path to winning tournaments. I don't, maybe that's not the way, the best way to say it, but like, I just feel like, I feel like all three of the underdogs are going to get scored on. And of course that doesn't happen all the time, but that's what I want to happen. And I think it happens relatively often. And then I think one of the expensive goalkeepers, you know, is going to score 15. So it might just choose to play the slate that way. If it doesn't go that way, then I'm going to lose. But on smaller slates, I'll tr- I try to pay up for a goalkeeper most of the time. Yeah. I'm speaking I, about like my, you know, my higher stakes tournament lineups in cash. I wouldn't, I wouldn't hesitate to pay down in cash. I, so I think that's an important distinction. Yeah. Um, if, it, if, it, if the money, if I needed some money in cash, yeah, I'll, I'll spend down. But yeah, if I'm playing like a five man winner take all or, or, you know, like a big portion of my bankroll, like uh, I want an expensive keeper. Yeah, I'm leaning towards just paying up for one of the goalkeepers. I feel like most people will, and this just doesn't feel like a great slate necessarily if you're playing from behind. 
In tournaments, I don't mind taking rips. I think one of these underdogs will win. That's just the most likely outcome. Yeah, that's right? a good well, point. That's a good point. I, I, I could, one of the underdogs has a good chance to win for sure. And it would mean in my tournament lineups that I can just play maybe more favored forwards. I, I just think that you can work it out so that, you know, just by rotating through, you know, a bunch of these cheaper options in tournaments, hopefully you just get lucky and one of them wins. I mean, the construction seems kind of obvious, right? Like maybe you can just play like one expensive defender or two cheap ones, and then just make sure that one is always correlated with the cheap goalkeeper. Hopefully one of them gets the win clean sheet. If you just make 20 lineups like that, get the outfield right. DFS is easy after that. But um, I don't know. It feels, e- feels easy to talk about, to you know, puff your chest out and say, I don't care about goalkeeper. I want to spend down. When you're making the lineups, you kind of feel like, you know, one of these favorites is probably going to win and keep a clean sheet on the other hand as well. So, and it does feel like the slightly more likely outcome. Yeah. Um, but your point was good. Like some of these, one of these underdogs wins two to one, you know, and scores 10 or 10 points or whatever that can be optimal to a lot of times. Like I'll probably have one or two of the cheap keepers, like in my, in like a 20 set of lineups, like just on lineups where I don't have, like if I don't have a Chelsea player, then for sure I'll play that. Or if I don't have a Bournemouth player, then for sure. But yeah. Yeah. I think, uh, I don't know, same old, same old for goalkeeper. You just got to hope that you have the one who scores 15 or more points. And uh, good luck finding that out because I am sure as hell not particularly good at it myself. Well, I think that was a pretty good uh, breakdown, though. A lot of good midfielders that you want to, you know, sample from a lot of really high priced midfielders. You know, some exp- you know, figure out the forward position a little bit. Feels like a wide open game. Whoever you think is going to smash, just play the forwards there. And then, uh, I don't know, defender, just uh, make sure you get Chelsea right and figure out Ben Chilwell's going to do. Well, that definitely doesn't sound like a tortuous uh, ta- task. Um, but yeah, just a lot of ways to go. It should be fairly interesting. I think we'll see spread out ownership and spread out lineups. It's much more refreshing than these like slates where Kevin De Bruyne is eighty one hundred and you're just everyone's just playing six city pieces. Ryan, do you have anything else for the people before we sign off? No, I don't think so. I think that was a pretty good breakdown for a three game slate. Yeah, we gave you a nice thorough breakdown. Um, sorry about the technical issues at the start, but thanks for sticking with us. I mean, shout out to us, Ryan. This is the nominee for the FSWA podcast of the year. So it wouldn't be possible with all the listeners. So thank you for listening. Shout out. Uh, um, we got Adam, Jordan, Chris Owens, when you're listening to the Benning podcast. So I don't know. Thanks for always hanging out. And listening. That's awesome. A good time. Yeah. But, um, I, I think this might be the, this might be the first ever Saturday podcast. It might at be least, at least one of them. So, um, you know, would... we're yeah. Anyways, thanks. Thanks everybody for watching. That's, that's cool. Maybe, uh, maybe we can win it. Maybe we can win it. That would be, it feels like a David versus Goliath situation, but uh, yeah. Thanks for listening. It's been, we've been star for content with the slates coming out late DraftKings, I know you're listening. Please release the salaries like 48 hours in advance. We would love to promote your stuff. We don't have a contract from you or anything. We'd like to promote and grow the game and help everyone out. So please, we're begging you, let us make content for you and release those prices earlier. Everyone can add DK Assist with that. But 
on behalf of myself and Ryan, good luck, everyone. I'm going to win the King of the Pitch ticket, but you can all win whatever else. We will see you next week. Thanks, Jack. Good luck, everybody.